Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Seth, one of the co-hosts of Engage Podcast, to bring you a great episode this week. Um, first of all, I just want to say, um, hope you guys all have a fantastic and safe Thanksgiving. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time, I just want to say welcome. And uh, after today's episode, if you liked what you heard, go ahead and hit subscribe wherever you're hearing my voice right now, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Podcast Addict, wherever. That way it's on your phone waiting for you every Thursday when we come out with a new episode of Engage Podcast. Our guest today was probably one of the most down-to-earth individuals we've ever had on the podcast. Um, you know, definitely in the top five. And uh, he just, he was such, such a good person to have on the podcast. I just, I, we love talking to him. His name is Joe Flynn of Flynn's Tires. Um, if you live in Western PA or Eastern Ohio, you know Flynn's Tires. And you you love to find out, okay, who is the owner of Flynn's Tires? And today you're going to find out not only who he is, but you're going to get to learn a lot about him. Um, we actually went to his headquarters in West Middlesex, actually sat down with him in his boardroom, uh, which felt like so, so official. It was it was such a cool experience. We got to get a tour of the facility. Um, he just, he really opened uh, he really opened his doors for me and Pastor Anthony, and we had such a great time doing it. And this is again was another one of those episodes, just like last week's episode, where we could have talked for another hour easily, easily. Um, but uh, it just it's such a great, great, great episode, and we loved talking and having Joe Flynn on. And um, you guys are going to really, really, really enjoy this. So give it up for our friend Joe Flynn. the distinct pleasure of having Joe Flynn from Flynn's Tire on our show. This is our Leader to Leader podcast series where we take folks in the community that are out changing the world and have been successful. Joe, we are so glad to have you on the show today. I'm, I'm glad you invited me on the show. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So, so this is, um, we've never been uh, to this location. Now, I've I grew up in Newcastle, so I've okay. I've driven by plenty of Flynn's tires, but we're here at the headquarters. Is that correct? Yes, this is the old Wall Street Journal uh, printing press from years ago. So it uh, they printed the Wall Street Journal. I think that's what the building was built for, um, and they vacated it, um, you know, probably ten years ago or so. And and we were we had outgrown our offices above our retail store in Mercer, so we this was available, and and it we we were able to to. Uh, to use it, so we put Perfect. it to good use. That's bigger than what we need, but we figure we would uh, we grow into it someday. Exactly, so. I like the vision. So we're sitting across from Seth. How, how was Seth? I always like to check in with Seth. I'm good. Huh? Again, any day I can do a podcast with you. Best job ever. <laughs> Appreciate that. That's great. I think we, we almost every time we do anything, we just look at each other at some point and say, "Best job we ever had." I love we, it. You can't beat it. So. That's great. Thanks, Seth. Plus, you're wearing plaid. Uh huh. All right. You're wearing, uh, you're looking like Kurt, Kurt Cobain today. Mm-hmm. 
You look good in flannel. I appreciate that. Well, the weather has broken, right? It's fall fashion time, friends. That's right. That's right. It's getting cold out. So um, I had physical therapy yesterday, and I, was, I left the house dressed like kind of like this, minus the jeans. I had sweatpants and this and that, and, and they were putting me through the ringer. And I was pouring sweat. And they're like, just take your hoodie off, you know, and this and that. And I'm like, here's a little fast fact about me. However I dress in the beginning of the day, I stick with, I stick with the plan. I don't care if I leave the house and I'm ready for winter and the rest of the day is like super hot. I'm not disrobing. Like I'm keeping on that, that look, whatever I left with. And I will, I will sweat, but I will act cool the whole rest of the day. I'm so glad that you said that because I thought that was just me. Oh, you do the same I do thing? I the exact same thing. If I leave the house and it's like 90 degrees, if I'm wearing like t-shirt and shorts, you know, and it drops to 30 degrees by noon, I will rock that outfit. Like I refuse to, to change. I thought that was just me. No, see, but you do the opposite. I like where I'm hot and sweating, but it's cold out. And you're, when it's cold out, you're freezing, but won't give in to the new hoodie or something like that. Well, so well, no, but that, that's why I was dressed in flannel all year, all year round. I was wearing that outfit in June. <laughs> that's true. I remember <laughs> making fun of you for that. You made fun of me just yesterday because of that. I make fun of him a lot. It's my way of saying I love you, Seth. Um, I get it. I get it. I would be worried if you didn't. So, so Joe, we are sitting here, and this this place is pretty impressive, really big. Um, tell yeah. us the history about uh, Flynn's Tires. Sure. So, well, actually, this building, this, the, the building itself, Wall Street Journal Printing Press, he also printed the local newspapers. And I worked here midnight shift for four years while I was going to school. So Get out. No, yeah. So I worked here. I came in probably every Saturday from 8 o'clock at night. I was here till 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, and we stuffed... What we did is we, we came in and for the Sharon Herald, the Sunday Herald, because at that time, the Herald was bought and sold, and they do their own printing now. But at the time, years ago, they printed it here, at least the Sunday version. And we would put the the um, the the ads in the comics, and then when the papers would start printing, we would um, we would stuff those pre-stuffed comics with all, all the ads in from Kaufman's or wherever so at the time. Cool. We put it in the papers, and we bundled them, and we shipped them out, and they got loaded up out the door. So, so then you remember what this building looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago. When this podcast is over, I'll take you guys for a little tour and show you where the printing presses were and the pressmen and the, and, um, where I was most of the, I wasn't allowed to go in most of the building, but that's um, cool. Yep. Wow. That's very cool. So mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, it is definitely a big building. We'll eventually have a warehouse here, I think, because it's centrally located. Um, but we just, we just haven't been able to do that yet. So, well, you'll, we get, you'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. So tell us about Flint's Tire. Tell us about the history. Um, I know you mentioned that your your father um, has had an important role. So tell us all about it. Yeah. So the history of Flint's Tire. So Flint's Tire was started in 1964 um, on Sharpsville Avenue. This is the, I know the people at home can't see that, um, but that's, uh, that's the original building. You know where Our Gang's restaurant is? Yeah. yeah. Well, the parking lot of Our Gang's is where our first location was. So it's, it's um, it was you're a company incorporated. What's um, the what's the name there? What's the how's that? So the name of that is actually um, uh, so our name is still Uray Company Incorporated DBA. We do business as Flynn's Tire. But in 1964, my grandfather. Um, this is a picture of my grandfather when he started the company with my dad and my uncle. They started uh, the three of them together. Um, 
they back then there was no internet, right? So to incorporate, they had to pick a name and they filled out a form and they mailed it in. And eight weeks later, they'd get a response. And whatever names they originally picked, like Flynn Incorporated, somebody had already done that somewhere in the country. So after a couple of attempts, my grandfather said he was born in Ireland. So the old the old Irish language of Gaelic, he he said, "I'll pick a name nobody's ever picked before because they you know they get a rejection, but it was eight weeks later." So. He picked the name Ure, which means in, in the old Irish language, it means dependable. Wow. So technically, we're Dependable oh, Company Incorporated. No kidding. So, Ure Company Incorporated. Wow. So and that's, that's, that's really my cool. grandfather, John Joseph Flynn Sr. I'm actually John Joseph Flynn III. I go by Joe, my middle name. My dad went by his middle name. And my son is the fourth. He goes by his middle name too, Joe. So I don't know why, how that all started, but... That, that's where it's I'm tradition at. Now. Yeah, it's tradition now. I, I can't change it. Did you so, know him? Like, did you have the so he died when I was four years old. So mm-hmm. I, I have some recollection of him. Uh, but you know, it, as a four-year-old kid, just just yeah. from that that mm-hmm. perspective. And then my my dad. This is a picture of my dad. So he passed away in 2002. Um, so he he started. Uh, my dad, my uncle, and my grandfather started together. So that's that's a picture of my dad, and. That was 1964. Um, we have um, we moved then to uh, the Mercer store. So this was this was the, the original one that I just showed you. Then we moved out to Mercer. I don't know if you're familiar with that on 62. Yes. And uh, that's what that building looked like at the time. And that so we were based out of here, and then based out of here, and then we moved here in 2013. So and then it, that's the is the plan. Mercer one still functioning? So we we just shut down the Mercer store because we moved the commercial to Hubbard. We, we had retail in Hermitage and Grove City, and then we put, uh, our, the last straw was the, uh, our warehouse in Mercer was 38,000 square feet, and we just moved it to Majory with 150,000 square feet, which is, we really needed the extra space, and we, we couldn't do it there in Mercer. So, so it served us well, but uh, at that point, it was, we really, we had to, it just didn't make financial sense to keep it open. Right. So, it's, um, but that's, you know, that's what happens. You, you grow, grow, and, and sometimes you got to move on. But mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have a history, family history of the business. Um, you mentioned your grandfather, your father, uncle, I think, and um, they were clearly influential for you, right? Yes. What elements were, what was, the, what was, what was influential for you? What, what were the big things that you, you learned um, and try to implement in your life, what qualities in them did you see that you try to live and implement in your own world? Yeah, so my dad, you know, he was the biggest influence in my life. Um, he used to, uh, um, he would bring me in to, uh, to work with him when I was a kid um, all the time. And he would, uh, um, I just got to hang out with my dad while he was working. I would uh, I would play here. We were we were just talking about that, and um, not necessarily here, but at work. And we would uh, I just I looked at work as fun. Um, and as I as I grew up, so my dad had me. You know, when I was a little kid, I would just come in and play. I would build cardboard clubhouses. I would, you know, I would um, climb through the tires. Uh, I just it it was just a big playland for me, and. Um, and I still look at it as a big playland, to be very honest. Uh, but because um, I love what I do, but uh, I, um, you know, I would. I, then I started to, um, you know, unload trucks and load trucks, and started to um, 
help out in the warehouse and started to help out in the retail store. And then I, when I turned 16, started delivering tires and then um, worked in the warehouse for a couple of years and then um, started selling tires at the retail counter, mounted tires uh, right before that and uh, worked in the shop. And uh, so then I just, when I, when I graduated, I went to Grove City College, which is uh, local here. And when I graduated from Grove City College, um, you know, I, I ran the Mercer store for a little while. And then my, my dad just said, you know what I want you to do is just follow me around. I just need you to follow me around. I, I'm not a good teacher, but if you follow me around, I would, um, you'll, you know, you'll pick some things up. So um, he would take me everywhere. So, when, you know, when he met with the bank, I'd be with him. When he met with the vendors, I'd be with him. And um, so when he um, passed away, you know, I had a good foundation of what the, how the business worked. And, and, um, and I knew everybody associated with the business from everybody that worked in the business to, you know, all of our suppliers and, and vendors and customers. So it was, a uh, it was a good experience. My dad was a, was a good, good person. People who worked around my dad, uh, they, they genuinely loved my dad. And, um, yeah, he was, he was a, uh, he was, he was a great guy. Now he also, when every day when we would, um, leave work in the car, he would say the, our father, and he would thank God for, um, the business that we had and the people that we had. And, and so, um, so when my, my kids come with me, that's what I do with them mm. because I just remember that with my dad and it's cool. Yeah, it was, uh, he was, he was a good guy. There's a couple, um, things that made me think of the thing in the car when I drop the kids off for school I recite um it's I think it's Psalm 100 this is the day the Lord has made let us rejoice rejoice and be glad glad in it it. yeah so you know Carmen still thinks I'm amazing and Isabella's like I I look in the rearview mirror and she's like does the eye roll like he's gonna say this again and I'm like listen I'm going to say this every day for the rest of your life so like get used to it this is only like second grade so this is gonna be happening for a long time and I say um Here's the reason why I'm saying that. And I, I ask them, I say, how many times is today going to happen? And they say, never. I say, then you make this the best day of your life. You, you make today special. You make it awesome. Um, so I'm trying to get that point across to them. So I think that's cool, that little parallel. Um, but it's good because learning is not taught. It's caught, right, for the most part. And hopefully it's something that instilled in them that, you know, we all go through the periods where, you know, mom or dad, they don't know much. And then they all of a sudden realize, like, wait a second, mom and dad knew some things. <laughs> then, you, then you become a parent, and you become your parents. So maybe w- when they get older, they'll remember, like, dad did this with me. Yeah. And dad did the Lord's Yeah, prayer. I hope so, because I remember that with my dad. So. You know. Um, the second thing that's really neat is, you know, we underestimate the greatest leadership principle, which is what your dad said, and just follow me. And Jesus said that to his initial disciples. He said, come and follow me. Like, he didn't give them... He didn't give them a list of rules. He didn't say, go read this book or go watch this seminar. He invited them into his life. And, um, you know, you have the earliest account of people, the disciples, who wanted to know if Jesus was who he said he was. Is this the Messiah? And Jesus said, and this is in John chapter 2, come and follow me. Like, he invited them into his home just to observe his life. And that's the number one principle that you can ever do is just have someone watch who you are as a person and invite them into your life in all the different elements. It's not that you're going to be perfect, but they can learn even in those failures. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, 
even if you fail in front of your kids, you could say, you know, dad um, messed up. I should have done this or said this. Um, and so that becomes a teachable moment as well for them, uh, how, to, how to redeem that moment, you know. Um, but I think that's, that's incredible. Your father had that foresight to invite his son into his life. So many dads, as they get older, and parents in general, they want to separate that from their kids, you know, whereas your father invited you into his, his life and you got to learn firsthand, um, you know, what he was doing, how to run a company and all those things. So that's a, it's pretty cool. It's very cool. Um, you mentioned that, you know, you were working in this place for the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. while in school. Right. So what did you go to school for? You were in Grove City. I went to Grove City College. Um, uh, business administration is what it, what it was at the time. And um, so I graduated from Mercer High School in um, 1992 and then went to Grove City College and got out in 1996. So, um, so you had a clear path. Like you knew, I want to do this. Yes, so I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So it wasn't a mystery. Ever since I was a little kid, uh, my dad used to tell me, um, he used to say, Joe, you don't know how fortunate you are to be in the tire and auto service business because he used to say everybody wants to be in the tire and auto service business because everybody wants to know somebody that um, sells tires or auto service because everybody wants to know somebody that they can trust that they can buy, you know, that they know that they're, you know, if they, if they really need something fixed or what, what, you know, what's the right tire to put on their vehicle and so they, they want to have a relationship um, with somebody that that sells tires and auto So if you sell other things, um, not that that's good or bad, but it's sometimes you don't necessarily need to know somebody. You know, maybe it's if it's shoes, you might just say, hey, I like those shoes, the, the way they look. Um, but with tires and auto service, it's not really about aesthetics or how it looks. It's it's more, what do I need? I, I hear a noise or yeah. I'm slipping and sliding. Can you help me out with this? So. Um, so he used to say, you'll get to know all the politicians and all the other business people and everybody in town you'll get to know. So that's, uh, that's what he used to say. And I, I, um, and I've, I've, uh, I've learned that to be true. So mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a fun business. Isn't people, that crazy? People like to get to know people who sell tires and auto service. Cool. So it, it, everyone needs a guy, like no matter what, oh, yeah, the, yeah. what the guy is. And you're like the tire guy. I know <laughs> exactly. a guy. Like, I know a guy. Yeah. Joe Flynn. <laughs> exactly. So. <laughs> So it's um, it's fun, but yeah, my dad used to tell me, um, you know, I, so when I was a kid, I just, I just, I always looked at, like I said, I used to play, play in the warehouse and build cardboard clubhouses, and now I try to build real tire stores instead of the cardboard versions, and and uh, I, uh, we, I just, I have a lot of fun, um, but it's something that I always knew I wanted to do since I was a little kid. I just, I wanted to be like dad, and mm. uh, so that's what. That's what I've done, and I and I love every minute of it. So, so. me and Pastor Anthony were talking outside uh, before we walked in about um, how a company can thrive when it has its initial owner, but then sometimes when that owner either passes away or retires, the next person that steps in, that usually you can kind of see either the company go to the next level or they just decrease. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's going on the up and up with, with you. I want to know, um, personally, what do you think that you are bringing to the table that was different than your dad 
not for better or for worse, just your personality. What is it do you think about you that is taking Flynn's tires from where it was when your dad was in charge versus where it is now? Well, to be very honest, I think if my dad was alive, we'd be probably three times bigger than we are now. He okay. was he was a, a much better businessman than I am. But I've but I learned from him and um, um, we have grown uh, uh, since then tremendously. But um, but we were growing. We were on the uh, growth path when my dad was alive. So um, I definitely learned about business from him. Um, I wish I I wish I could have learned a lot more. Uh, I was in my late twenties when he passed away, but um, I uh, I I would say that the one thing that he used to say to me all the time when I was a, when growing up is, especially when I got a little bit older, was you know, you got to surround yourself with people who are better than you, right? So whatever you're hiring for, you got to find somebody that's better than you. And I used to argue with them at the time and say, that means I'm going to be the weakest link in the chain, right? Because if everybody's better than me all around me, I'm the weak link. And he used to say, you know, I I can't explain it. I just, you know, just if you're going to hire somebody, you hire somebody that's better than you at whatever, whatever you're looking to hire for. So um, when he passed away, I mean, the, I learned the hard way a few times and, uh, it's probably the best way to learn, right? When you learn the hard way, you never forget it. And I, um, so it the light bulb went off and said, aha, I know what he was talking about now, right? You can't be everywhere. You can't do everything. We have 35 locations now. So, you know, we have to have people that are, um, that are, uh, uh, that are good everywhere Mm -hmm. because, uh, Mm -hmm. And, and the best at what they do, right? So we, we need we need everybody to be the best at what they do in every position that they're in so that we can produce the best product and service that we can. We need everybody on board. It's like, it's a, it really is like a team sport, right? You gotta have, it's not just one 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 person that's, that's gonna do it. You gotta have the whole team on board focused on one vision and and you gotta have the right people. Um, so. That's what he. That's what he told me: is surround yourself with people who are better than you. And and so I've done that. I have some of the best people in the tire industry uh, around me. So, and I am the weak link in the chain. When <laughs> when we have team meetings, we have once once a month, right? I'm still that little kid in the room that I feel like I'm still playing. And and they're they're uh, they're smart people who are very very good at what they do. But I try to. The other thing I try to do is. I try to take care of them, right? I try to find the best people I can, and I want them to enjoy Flintstone. I want them to have fun. I want them to like coming to work. I I want uh, I want to make it easier for them, right? If there's anything that's in their way um, that 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 causes friction in their day or in their job, I want to remove it so mm-hmm. that they they enjoy it, and so that they can. And if there's anything, you know, sometimes sometimes I can't, or I, I you know I, yeah. I don't know how, but when I can. I do it. And it's, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure that I have the best people around me and that they love what they do. So, um, that's, that's, cool. what, that's what I try to do. And then, then the other thing is, you know, my dad, I go, I I'm out a lot. I'm only here half the time. I can't sit still. Right. So I've got to be out. And so I kind of, the way I look at it is, um, and my dad never really told me this, but I, I, I experienced it with him a little bit was that, you know, you kind of, you kind of, so everybody has to know what you expect. And then you go around and you, you, um, you inspect that, what you 
expect to see if it's happening. And, you know, of course, there's always areas that you can improve. So I try to focus on the biggest impact areas that I can improve on. Mm. Um, and, and that's what I do. But, but yeah, you got to make sure that you have the good people. When, when you have um, people that you need on the bus, let's say, you know, in, in the, where they're the good top-notch inspired people, how do you go about communicating what you expect? Is this a kind of I'm Joe Flynn top-down approach? Or is it let's get in the room together and create some norms and standards and things that and, and at the end of the day, in other words, the process is utilizing all of us to come up with what we expect, or is it a little bit of both? Well, I'm, I'm not a decision by committee kind of guy, so I, I definitely, um, I know what I want, but I do like feedback, so I like to get um, individuals' feedback. In fact, it's, it's funny, because sometimes I like to get, if there's five people that I need feedback from, because they're closest to it, right? So, so there's things that I don't think about. I'll try to ask them individually for feedback first so that there's not one loud voice in the room that's kind of dictating what's going on. And then, uh, depending on how that goes, depending on the situation, then I'll try to get a few of them in the room together to talk about it and try to figure out, um, you know, just get feedback. But, um, but, 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 you know, once I know what I want, then I just... Um, I just let them know what I want. So this is the standards. Of, this is the standard. You know, when you this the is the expectation. On, and right. this is Flint's tire. And when you when you agree to work here, this is the expectation. That's right. This is the expectation, and um, and you know so. But yeah, I tr- I try to get people's feedback because like you know I just I don't maybe I'm not as close to it as they are. Yeah. So I need to know I need their their feedback. But you, that that humble approach in a way. I mean, it's humble, not the you know poor me approach but being humble enough to know that you can always learn something or they're closer to the situation than you are a lot of times we make our minds up too quickly too soon and then what happens we gather more information whether we do it on purpose or not and then we realize either we were wrong or we could have made even a better decision or whatever um but i i've learned you have to listen to people on the ground because they're the ones doing it Right. Yeah. Not yeah. That, if they, if they, you know, the you ones can, can learn gotta, a lot from folks. You got to get their, you got to get their, uh, their, their feedback. Yep. So that you, you know, you get some of that feedback, but you, you also got to know, you know, you got to know what you want. Um, and you got to set the expectation. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I love it. And I should mention also, I, I, my, I have, I have other, I have family in the business. So not only does my family, so here's my, you know, I got four kids. Um, I got Joey, he's a nine year old. Madison, she's seven. Brooke is six. And Charlotte will be two in October. And that's my wife, Megan. So we're, we're all in the tire business, all in. <laughs> I also have my, my uncle, RP, my dad's brother, my cousin, Jim, my cousin, Ann, my sister, and myself. That's his dog, Magoo, my uncle's dog. <laughs> he Magoo. goes everywhere with him. So if you see my uncle, you'll see Magoo. But they're also in the business, and they um, and we make a great uh, family uh, uh, partnership business there. Very so cool. we we try to decide together what what uh, you know what we're what we're looking for. We make you know good. Uh, we have fun when we get together to talk about business. So good, that's cool. Have you ever watched? Do you, have you ever watched The Office? Yeah, you know, run yeah. this place like Michael Scott to you. I don't know. How did he run the place? I don't remember. <laughs> it was. Uh, 
Just insanity. Yeah, oh, insanity. oh, 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 oh. Insanity. no. Um, I think we have a lot of laughs. I could say that, but uh, um, no, we we have a purpose. We have a mission. We know exactly what we're trying to accomplish. Good. So it's um, <laughs> it's cool. fun, and we want to be the best. That's the one thing about uh, Flynn's Tire is that. We want. We don't want to do it like everybody else does it. I have people all the time saying, "Well, this is how Monroe does it. This is how Mr. Tire does it. This is how," and and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And they're fine companies, but I don't want to be like anybody else. I want to be. I want to be like Flynn's Tire, and I want to be the best. I want to win. We look at winning as as um, every time the customer calls us or chooses us, we win. That's the Super Bowl for us every single time. So we have many opportunities. Um, you know, hopefully we, we win um, most of them. We lose some occasionally. So then we try to analyze why, why are we, why did we lose? But so, but we're, um, I think in the office, they didn't necessarily, it wasn't, there wasn't a, uh, they weren't necessarily trying to be the best at what they do. They were just doing they it. They were just doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. We want to be the best. There's a big difference there. So <laughs> if I gave you that impression, no, you, you I apologize. Didn't. You didn't. <laughs> Something about me reminds you of Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. No, no. 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 <laughs> yeah, not at all. So, so let's say your son walks up to you and... Uh, it was what, what was that? Your son. You have a son, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, all right. And he walks up to you and he says, "Dad, I want to take over the business one day. What, what should I expect? What should I do? What, what advice would you give him?" That's a great question. Well, first of all, I would love it if he said that um, because I would, I will encourage him. Uh, but uh, you know, I, uh, obviously, uh, he may or may not have a passion for it, so we'll find out. Yeah. But. Um, um, what would I do? Well, first of all, uh, like anybody else, he's got to work in the business, right? So he's got to he's got to do uh, pretty much everything that we do. So um, you know, he'll he'll start out uh, working in the, you know, just cleaning up. Like he, I had he had, they have license. When I was a kid, they made me a license. Um, we had one store, and you know, the guys at the counter made me a little license, and they I still have that license. My mom has it, but it, it was an, it was auth- it authorized me to do certain things like dust and sweep the floors. Well, and they, I had, when I was a kid, there would be customers who would stop me and say, do you have a license to do that? And I'd say, <laughs> you know, I'd pull out my license, I'd show them. Well, it wasn't until years later when I started thinking about it, they, you know, they, they must have had these customers just, you know, they set me <laughs> up, right? I didn't realize it. I just thought That's that was... your dad so. got more work out of you. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. So I gave Genius. my kids licenses. I have them hanging up on the wall. So when they come in, they put their license in and authorizes them to do certain things. So they do come in here and work. Now, Genius. That's you know, so fair. genius. I, would I just say, logged that into my, my to-do list right now. Yeah. That's so brilliant. So they come in and they do those. So emptying the trash is, you know, the, mm-hmm. the first one on the list. So they do that. Um, they they come in the vacuum the floors too. Sometimes there's more dirt left on the floor than when it was done. So you know, but they, but then they play. So they're they're not you know they're they're they they have fun right now. Yeah. Um, but you know, as as they get older, they will they'll start doing. They'll be authorized to do more and more work, That's and cool. then they'll be. Uh, um, so they'll be they'll learn about tires. They'll sell tires. They'll mount tires. They'll deliver tires. They'll warehouse tires. They'll sell them and, and um, you know, cool. and then we'll go from there. So Very cool. we'll see. But, uh, you know, I would say there's, uh, they got, you know, the, um, what my advice would be to them would be that you, know, you, got, you got a lot to learn. So hmm. you just learn every job that you're in. You got, you want to be the best at it, right? right? So if you're sweeping floor, you want to be the best floor sweeper 
in the world. And if you can't be, because you're nine years old, boy, you want to be the best nine-year-old floor sleeper in the world at least, but you want to be the best at what you do. Yeah. I think people in life sometimes don't don't get that. They don't, whatever they're trying to be, um, they're just doing it. But if they can be the best at whatever they do, um, that makes a difference, I think. Didn't so. Abraham Lincoln say that? Whatever you are, be a good one? Uh, well, I I want, the quote that I know for a fact is Martin Luther King Jr., who said that if you are a, a, a street cleaner, be the best street cleaner that God's ever created. Yeah. And like, because, you know, that, that was his whole thing of there's no job that is, that is beneath you. I, I think I would agree with that. If yeah. That's, that makes sense to me. So um, I don't think most people operate that way, right? Just in general. Why? I don't, I don't know if maybe it's just not... Um, Maybe it hasn't been brought up to them. They've never thought about it that way. It's just a way of thinking, I think. So I think everybody maybe can think that way if it's... You know, we have an orientation. So every new hire that comes into our company, we go through an orientation program. So Paige Turk, our director of HR, she spends two or three hours with them. and we, They go over every everything regarding HR, whether it's our benefits package, um, how to access our, you know, our um, uh, hire packets or... Um, anything and then i go through the culture of the company right so are who are we why are we different than other people that do what we do right what, what differentiates flint's tire from from all those other companies and I, I go through the our culture and that's part of one of the things that i talk about is um is our you know being being the best at what we do I mean, in each in order to, in order for Flint's Tire, if you take one store, the Hermitage store, in order for the Hermitage store to be the best at what they do, every person on that team has to be the best at what they do. So if one guy drops the ball, everybody else could have done it right. It impacts that customer, yeah. mm-hmm. and and then we might lose a customer because they might get grease on the the their door handle or something, and you know everybody else did their job right, but that one, one guy messed yeah. up. And, uh, and it happens sometimes, right? I mean, mistakes happen, so we're not perfect. So we're constantly trying to get better at what we do. But we want to be the best, the best at what we do. And in my personal opinion, I don't care what everybody else does. We want to be, we want to, we want to focus on being the best. So, yeah. so uh, my, my wife's family, they actually own the Dunkin' Donuts in Newcastle. Oh, I love Dunkin' Donuts, by and the way. So, uh, thank you. And, uh. I go, you the one right on 18, right by yep, Flynn's Tire. So. Yep. I, oh, yeah. I stop there frequently because when I'm leaving Newcastle, I'll stop, I stop in all the stores all the time. So I go to, I can't, it's hard for me to pass up a Dunkin' Donuts. It's, I gotta be it, honest it with you. It is good. It is so good. Um, and it's dangerous for us, the family, because it's free to us. So it's free Dunkin' coffee anytime you want. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. But um, the thing about them that makes them kind of special is that it's a family operated, like, business and company. So my oldest sister-in-law is in charge of the store development. So all new stores that we build is through her. My other, my other sister-in-law, she's in charge of marketing, guest relations, and then my wife's the head of HR. So pretty much all of the big hats are worn by a family member of some kind. Um, and what's funny is you kind of operate a family business as well. I have seen it on the business end that a family business has a lot of um, I don't want to say landmines. It has its it has its troubles. It has its challenges that are very unique. What is what do you think is the secret to operating a family business to the degree that you guys do, 
um, and be successful and allowing, as you said, there to be feedback there to, for other people to kind of use their gifts, use their talents. How do you do that? Well, you know, it's uh, I love it. I think my, all my, my entire family loves it. Um, you know, there's really no, um, egos, right? So we're all on the same page and we're, that's helpful. Uh, yeah. I think that we're all on the same page. Um, my uncle has been, um, a, uh, a very good inspiration to me too. And, um, you know, he's been a good, uh, um, you know, person to, to talk about business with also. And, and he's a, a partner. Um, I, I would say that I would say he, my uncle's the one that said that he said, you know, the reason why we work so well together is that we, none of us have egos. And I think that is probably true. Uh, that's you know, I cool. did, yeah. I thought about that after he said it. I, mean, I, I do think that's true. Um, but you know what we all want is the best person in the job, whether that's us or somebody else. Um, so we're, we're okay with hiring. Um, well, so, so everyone, everybody in the, in the family business has a role in the business, right? So we, we all, um, we all play a role in the business. But we, you know, we do hire people on the outside if, if, if there's a need for somebody better than us to run that. We'll hire somebody that is, if we think that they can bring value. Because it's about, it's about winning. And it's, um, it's about winning the customer. And it's about being the best. And so I never want to hold back Flynn's tire because maybe I'm not the best in certain areas. So I try to find the best person um, for the role. So we all, we all work well together. And I think... Um, I don't know. I guess. Uh, so then, would you say? I that guess. I guess we like each other too. Maybe. I mean, that's we, we, we really like each other. So we'll spend time together outside of work. That's um, good. You know, um, and we'll hang out, and it's fun, right? So if so that's if um, if we get, uh, let's just say, I'm just I'll just use this as an example. Let's say we I get a, a tickets to a ball game from a vendor. I mean, I'll I'll go with my cousins because they're fun, right? I yeah. mean, if my if my my wife or my kids can't go. My my cousins, you know, and they'll cool. do the same with me. Mm-hmm. So we probably enjoy spending time together. Is probably a good, a good, um, you know. And there's certain things like um, that. My, my sister or my cousin Anne might have a different perspective. Um, I'll, I'll use my cousin Anne as an example. So she's she's a detail oriented person. I'm not. I, I I miss details completely. Um, so she'll pick. You know, she'll read legal contracts mm. and pick things up that I missed because I'll read read it. But I, I gotta be honest. I'd probably daydream halfway through it, right? And I I can't I can't focus on it. She can focus on things and find little things. I'm like, wow. I'm glad you picked that up. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think I think we all. Everybody has different strengths and weaknesses. We complement mm. each other. We like each other, and we have no egos. I guess that's maybe cool. that's yeah. That's that would cool. be. I, I, what I'm hearing is, is, um, you're, you're all, uh, you're all rowing in the same direction and you're all serving the greater mission. Yes. And if everyone can get that, um, right. and that that's not an easy thing to do, you yeah. know, cause you got a bunch of people rowing, a lot of things can go wrong. But as if you're all rowing in the same direction, serving the greater mission, um, you can accomplish a lot. And, and that what's crazy is it, it doesn't even matter how many people are in the boat. Like you have your family there, but you know if you can even have two people rowing in the same direction and going after the same mission, you can you can do a lot. Going that's back a, to that's the Bible, a great point. Listen, yeah. Jesus changed. I mean, think about this: the entire globe. I mean, imagine looking at the Earth and saying to yourself, 12 guys changed that." 
Yep. I mean, that's, that's, that's insanity. Mm-hmm. There was no internet. Right. You know? yeah. There was no newspaper, right? Yeah. Yep. Hebrew news journal. Right. You know, yeah, it didn't an, exist. A huge part of that, the government was after them. So. <laughs> it's true. So, that made them talk about opposition. Right. Yeah. yeah. So leaving, I guess that's all, it seems to be all intertwined here, but... Um, you know, leaving the work world for a second, what, what does Joe Flynn like to do? What are the hobbies? What inspires you? Well, um, so I have, I have four kids, uh, my wife and Fort Megan and my four kids. And we, um, I love to hang out with, um, with them. We like to, um, we like to do anything outside. So we, we are, we go to Cook's Forest, we go to, um, we go to Lake Erie, we go to Geneva on the lake, we go to, um, you know, outside just at my house and just play in the yard, whether it's kickball. We did a lot of kickball this summer, a lot of wiffle ball this summer. That's cool. Um, yeah, we got our own little team, uh, plus all the neighborhood kids and everything. Um, you know, me and my wife, we like to travel a little bit. Um, and so, um, we like national parks. So if you... We like to hike in national parks. So if you've ever been to Southern Utah, Southern Utah is one of my favorite. Uh, South Dakota is another favorite of mine. But let's say Southern Utah, there's, if you go to stay in Moab, there's, um, you can you can go to Arches National Park. You can go to Canyonlands National Park. You can go to Bryce Bryce Canyon. Bryce and you Canyon's can, beautiful. Bryce Canyon, I love it. It's so great. And are it's we, are a, we talking about like camping? Sleep? Well, we, we have camped. We've camped at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. We hiked down and, and back up and spent the night at the bottom of the canyon. There's there's cabins down there, so we, we technically stayed in the cabin at, uh, I think it's called Phantom Ranch. Um, we've gone to, um, um, you know, Colorado, um, hiked some mountains there. We've we've been to um, Lake Tahoe. Uh, that's that's a great place. So we, we, we definitely like to go hiking. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's one thing we like to do, we like travel a little bit. Um, and I, I mean, I just, I guess I don't have necessarily hobbies other than hanging out with my family. I really, I don't, I don't, I love tires too. So that's kind of a hobby. I like selling tires. I like, you know, if I get a little extra time, I'm like, okay, I'll go see the stores a little bit. I mean, that's, but my, and I'll, I'll bring my family with me occasionally. Um, but we, uh, we just, uh, and, and Megan's got a big family, and they're they're in um, Ohio and Cleveland and Hubbard, um, so we'll go uh, we'll go hang out with them a lot and do you know just cook hamburgers out in the out in the uh, out in the grill, but um, you know visit with my sister. She lives south of Poland, Ohio. There and yeah, we just you know I don't know we I don't have a lot of hobbies other than hanging out with my kids. To be very honest. Well, that's there's a simplicity, there's a power to simplicity. You, you're a man that knows what you want, knows what you like, and when you know those things, it allows you to sort of cut out things that aren't that important. I incorporate everything together. I think um, it's just you know work and family. Uh, family obviously, you know, um, comes first. Try to incorporate them into work as much as I can. But yeah, we we. We just have fun hanging out together. I guess my family is my hobby. I yeah. guess I would say yeah. whatever whatever they want to do, I like doing. I like going to the zoos, like that Grove City Zoo or the one out there on, um, mm-hmm. in Youngstown. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are fun. I like those mm-hmm. zoos. Um, That's cool. We go we go skiing. Uh, you know, once once a winter. Um, so yeah, just. That's my family's my hobby. Yeah, that's a great answer. It should as it should be. 
Um, so you gave us this audio book when we first walked in here, How to Run Your Business by the Book. That's right. Why is that important to you, the book being the Bible? Why well, is that important to you? Or what, what's the, like, if you could say, man, this is the number one lesson that I learned from that book. Well, I would say that, so if you, if you look at our, um, these are our culture cards, right? This is, just tells you a little bit about who Flynn's Tire is. It tells you what our mission is, our core values, you know, guiding principles. But we are, um, you know, uh, that gentleman that wrote that book, his name is Dave Anderson. I know him. He's, I brought him in, and uh, he, we, we did a class for everybody in the company. And just telling, you know, setting, it was uh, around our 50th anniversary as a business, and just resetting, telling everybody who we were. So, um, you know, I would say that How to Run Your Business by the Book is Dave Anderson. Uh, he's the author, a great guy. And he, he wrote that book basically saying, hey, look, here is how biblically you can run your business. Um, so the book, How to Run Your Business by the Book, is the Bible, right? So, and I find that that is so true. I mean, we, you can see here, um, our, we call it our philosophy, or our Flynn philosophy, what makes us different. So our associates are more helpful than all of our competitors. Fast, easy, friendly, and abiding by Christian principles. That's, that's really, you know, that's really what we're, what makes us uh, a little bit different. And just, um, you know, just uh, it was a good, good way to say, hey, listen, you, you don't have to keep them separate, right? You can run your business by the book, by the mm -hmm. Bible. Um, and there's, there's some great, you know, principles in there to, to show you how to do that. So, you know just treat everybody as you like to be treated. I mean, that's, that's one of our uh, respect is our, one of our core values. So our, our core values are your a, so, which is dependable. You guys know what your a is, which is mm -hmm. an Irish word meaning dependable. And then it's honesty, enthusiasm, respect, and teamwork. So respect, treat others as you like to be treated. But, um, you know, we're, we're, um, in everything that we do, I think, that we have to give glory to God, right? So if, if we're going to be alive, life's going to be over pretty quick. It goes by in a, in, a, in a second. So whatever we do, we try to be the best at what we do. And with those gifts that God has blessed us with, we've got to give glory to God for those gifts. And that's, you know, I think that's probably what the, the moral of the story is. Mm -hmm. But... Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it a lot. Very nice. Very you cool. Don't, you know, as a pastor, that's it's touching and it's heartwarming because it's kind of like, you know, one of your all of these goals that you try to get through to your congregation, you know, and to hear someone, and you go to another church, but to hear a, a congregant kind of, quote unquote, have that goal is huge. You know, you, you, it's something you want to hear people in your church saying like, yeah, I'm a plumber, and then have that, what you just said, is their goal, you know? Yeah. You gotta um, give glory to God, yeah. Because uh, that's cool. You know, it's kind of like um, the only way we can get people. In my mind, one of the only ways you can get people to, if if you're a believer, is to tell them about it, right? So you so you can you um, they get to know who you are, and they say, "What makes that person different?" And you've got to tell them that's what makes me different, right? Mm -hmm. um, I am uh, so that's uh, that's just one way to do it, I guess. But yeah, that's good. 
I, I knew someone years ago who um, I want to, I want, they were either a janitor or they did some sort of janitorial work and they were um, a very devout Christian. And um, uh, someone had asked him uh, something about, you know, why do you like, what, why do you as a person like being a janitor? Cause that's not a job that most people want or proud to have. And he said, because somehow, some way I'm going to be an answer to someone's prayer. And whether it be something minute, some, whether it be something big, whether it be, um, you know, and when I worked at Duncan, that was always my attitude as well, was that, you know, it, to some people, it's just serving coffee. But in a greater scheme, I'm one of the fingers of God. I'm, I'm, I'm somehow going to be helping, whether it be a lawyer who's drafting up something, that coffee is going to help them, give them the energy or maybe the insight. You just You just never know. And with tires too is a huge one is you know uh tires are expensive tires are needed you need tires to drive and uh doing what you do you're answering someone's prayers that's i never thought about that way that's great i love that our minds man i'm giving him the shiny microphone next time i love it (laughs) oh i'm not not really i'm not really it's better than a pay raise you know i'm gonna i'm gonna incorporate that seth into what i so my orientation when i tell my guys I tell them basically, hey, every tire that you sell, that you order or receive or stack or scan or pull or load into a truck or deliver to a customer, wholesale customer, or mount on someone's car will end up um, on someone's vehicle and will help them drive safer guaranteed. So what they do for a living is very important. But I think you just took it to a whole nother level. Yeah, and so I love bad. that. And so I'm going to trademark Seth that. Walters. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. You can you know you can easily say you know we'll help them end up with uh, help with a we'll end up on someone's vehicle and we'll help them drive safer and who knows you know and you will be and who knows you can actually be an answer to someone's prayer. I love and that. that you yeah, know and that's true. something you can either put there or you can just go through it and say when you're done say hey look guess what at the end of the day I think that's I think that's exactly right. I'm gonna put that on there. Boom. Very cool. See Seth. Um, getting towards we're we're getting towards the end of the podcast here, Joe. Oh, I was just getting started. Are I'm you sorry well, about that? No, <laughs> that's my problem. I can talk for hours well, at a time. So same with us. I, yeah, we we can too. Um, and that's why we mentioned earlier. I think I don't think we were recording, but we're we do part twos, part three, part four. We're like the Lord of the Rings. We do preludes, <laughs> postludes. We do it all. Very good. We Joe Flynn, part eighteen. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So let's um. Let's think about failure for a second. Okay. I'm an expert in it. <laughs> I have. I am actually... That's probably the only thing that I'm good at. I've like failed so many times. I just, uh, you know, I've gotten used to it, but... That was good. So what can we learn about failure? Like, is there something that is glaring where you've, you've done something, your heart was set on it, and you just... It just didn't work out. Did you have an experience like that? How did you recover? What did you learn? Or, or, or just generally, what, what would you have to say about failure? So I've failed many times. Um, and I, I'm not kidding when I say I'm probably an expert at failure. Maybe that's the only thing I'm an expert in. But um, I, um, you know, you learn from it, right? You, I think lessons learned the hard way are the best lessons learned, or at least they stick with you so you never make that mistake again, right? But that's, sometimes that's how you learn. Um, I've failed in many different ways, whether it's, um, you know, um, uh, 
you know, I've, I've had stores that didn't make it. So we've, you know, it's, I don't like to fail, but um, sometimes you got to know when, when it is. But I, I probably keep trying too long. Um, I've failed. I, I failed when my, um, when I met my wife, I was set up on a blind date with my wife. And so I asked her out like 10 times. Originally, when I met her, I was set up on a blind date. I asked her out like 10 times after that, and she said no, basically. And then my last time I said, well, um, you want me to, do you want me to stop? I think it was five times actually. And I think on the fifth time I said, do you want, would you like me to stop calling you? And she said, Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I stopped calling her. And then as it happens a year later, we, we ran into each other again and it all worked out. But I, I, I basically thought I failed there, but, um, so I'm hearing persistence, persistence, persist. Pers- I'm a persistent person. I'm relentless, but I mean, at some point you, you just got to know when to say when, but I would say, well, I pray about everything. So if I have, if I'm failing, um, um, I, you know, I ask God for guidance. That's I'll I'll just ask God for guidance, and um, and in many different times in my life, I can say that He's taken over and um, it's succeeded after that. Um, and then, but at, sometimes I, I, you know, it's it's just you just gotta know when to say, you know what, I gotta. In in like in the case of a store, I've had to close uh, some some operations down. So, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, you just, uh, if I think if you ask God for guidance, he'll, he'll guide you, whether it's bringing people around you that, that know what they're doing and have the answer that you don't know, because that's mm-hmm. usually what happens with me. I don't know. I don't know much. So, um, so I, so I need people around me who do know. So I'll, I'll pray about it and people, uh, oftentimes will show up and help me out and I'll say, you know, that was an answer to a prayer, you know, but, um, um, yeah, I think, I think failure sometimes is, is, um, you learn, you learn those lessons so that next time you can do it better and hmm. win. Right. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll use that example in that store that we, we closed down a store because it just didn't work out. No matter what we tried, it didn't work out, but I learned a lot from that and I don't think I'll have, I might fail. Another store might fail. But it won't be because of the same things that store failed from. Mm-hmm. Because I learned. I learned about that store. In this case, it was the population of where we put the store. And it was the, the, how, we, how we went about um, with the, the leadership of that store. Not bad people, just set them up to fail. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, I learned a lesson. So, mm-hmm. so you learn, I think it, it helps you be stronger so the next time you can, you can win. Mm-hmm. In, yes. in, or not get in that failing situation. Mm-hmm. So failure is good. It's just mm-hmm. part of life. Yeah, you know, everybody's heard Abraham Lincoln. You know, he's failed at so many things. And then you know, I mean, if I, I had that bookmarker that said he ran for this and failed, he went out of business and business and failed, and he ran for another political office and failed, and, the, and then he became the president of the United States. It was like, wow, he failed yeah, all these times. Right? Then, yeah. But all those failures, you know probably led him to be the person that he was at the end and how he led um, those failures probably helped him build his character, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's Mm -hmm. got character. Um, So it's, um, I think those failures help you build your character. So I keep on hearing the great Jimmy Valvano and his, one of those amazing speeches he gave at the end of his life, you know, when he kept on repeating, don't give up, don't ever give up, you know, and the guy was standing there full of cancer knowing he's dying you know, and that's what the persistence is. You just you just never give up and learn what you can along the path. So, all right, two more quick questions, okay? Yes. So, um, 
You're looking forward 10, 20 years down the road. Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing with your life? Wow. What's going on? Well, um, I am leading the uh, best tire and auto service company in the world, the Chick-fil-A of tires and auto service. <laughs> um, it is, we're the best at being the fastest. So when you come in for tires, you're in and out in 15 minutes and not because we're uh, just do the same thing faster, but because we do it differently. And, um, you know, just uh, uh, my kids are working in the business with me and my wife is too. And, uh, you know, they're, um, we're just having fun and glorifying God and, um, you know, have some dynamite people that have grown up in the business, started out as tire techs and now are managers and are doing well in life. And, uh, yeah, that's where I'm still living in Hermitage, Pennsylvania. And, uh, I might have a bigger yard then. I think I do. <laughs> yeah, I do have, I have a bigger yard. And this, this, this field out back here, there's mm-hmm. 33 acres. They're all, they're all covered with a roof. They're, it's a warehouse. So, okay. That's maybe you can get all the kids together and go play some wiffle ball. Back yes. There. How's that? That's exactly out? right. I like it. All right. So I didn't send this question to you, but it's okay. something I like to ask all the guests. Right. So we kind of conjectured and looked in the future, but let's do something else. Let's say that somehow you were able to meet yourself at maybe 12 or 15 years old. And okay. you, ran, you ran into you. What would you say to you? What advice would you give yourself? Well, what advice would I give myself at 12 or 15 years old? Um, I would, I think I would, uh, um, um, I think I would say spend more time with your dad because, you know, he passed away when I was in my late 20s. So um, I tell myself that. well, you got. Um, I had a great, I had a, I had a great childhood. I've had a great life. I've had a lot of good people in my life give me direction. So, probably what I told myself, people already did tell me at that time. So, mm-hmm. I, I got a lot of good advice. But there's, you know, there's always, there's always those things, those little things. Sure. So, but. Well, I think your answer is, you know, is exactly what it needs to be. It's spend quality time with the person or people you love the most. Yeah. Right. Yep. So. Yeah, I would say. Well, listen, I have, and I know I speak for Seth here, that this has been fantastic. It was excellent sitting with you. Um, like you said, we're going to be getting a tour of this place, which I can't wait for personally. Um, but this is Anthony Cladidis at Faith Presbyterian Church signing off of our Engaged podcast. Joe, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy guy, and it means a lot. Thank you, Pastor, and thank you, Seth. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for thinking of me and inviting me on this podcast. It's been, Absolutely. It's been fun. I can't wait for round two. I can't wait, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, we look forward to connecting with you next week. Thank you.